Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. The series Uncommon. And uh, we began with uh, talking about uncommon identity, where we learned that we have the, the identity of, of being the sons of God. Amen? As many as believed in him, to them he gave the right to become the sons of God. So your greatest identity is that you are a son of God. Whether you are male or female, you are a son of God. Amen? That word is not gender sensitive. We are sons of God. <laughs> Because in the spirits we are neither male nor female. Hallelujah. Also, God being referred to as he is not really gender sensitive. He, he is who he is. <laughs> Amen. You know, we also have to deal with the, some gender issues. Like being called the, the bride of Christ. Imagine Noah being called the bride of Christ. <laughs> yeah, so some, some, the, the Bible calls it the mystery of the gospel. Amen. But yeah, we are sons of God. We are also, as, as, as the church, we are also the bride of Christ. So after talking about uncommon identity, we talked about uncommon traits, which was last Sunday. And here we learned that we have the nature of God. And the nature of God are the traits that we have, which are uncommon. Amen? When the world sees you, they should be able to see somebody who is not common. Amen? When you are arrested for being a Christian, there should be enough evidence to convict you. Amen. Yeah, you shouldn't be, uh, the judge should not say, dismissed for lack of evidence when they've arrested you for being a Christian. There should be evidence. And that evidence is what we're talking about today. Uncommon results. Hallelujah. Uncommon what? Results And so these uncommon results really are going to come from what we have been learning, the uncommon identity and the uncommon nature of God that we have in us. And you see, sometimes it's easy to dismiss that and say, okay, yeah, that nature is in our spirits. And so we get into this, you know, that like, for lack of a better word, comfort zone. Like, yeah, in my spirit I'm perfect, but in my soul, mokaide. <laughs> yeah. but really this is, 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 is in your spirit true but it can be accessed from your spirit through your soul to your physical world amen Jesus physically walked on water he didn't walk on water in his spirit he was 100% God and 100% man he was flesh and blood and he walked, his flesh and blood walked on water. Peter, if you want to say, okay, that was Jesus. Peter also did it. If Peter can did it, he also can did it. <laughs> uncommon results. Uncommon results. People have done crazy things. Why? Because they have tapped into what they have in their spirit. Friends, you can take advantage of who you are in the spirit. Once you have gotten a revelation of who you are in the spirit, you don't need to call the man of God, you can go straight to the word of God. Amen. And you take advantage of it. Hallelujah. So, uh, in the interest of time, 
Um, so because we are born of God, we produce divine results. Because we are born of God, we produce divine results. Stop fearing doing the thing that God is telling you to do. Just do it. Just do it. Amen. It is not you. It is God. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is Christ who is going to do it in you and through you and for you. Amen. He is only limited by your action or lack of action. But if you will set out to do what the word tells you to do, you will receive uncommon results. Let's read 1 John chapter 4, verse 17 together. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Because as he is, so are we in this world. So because of who we are, we are sons of God. We are his Sorry, we are as he is in this world. We have every capacity of sons and results of the sons of God. As many as believed in him, to him, to them, he gave the right to become the sons of God. So we need to investigate, therefore, who is God? Who is God? And that answer can only be uh, received in the word of God. After getting to know who is God, then you will know who you are. Are we together? Actually, the word of God will not only reveal Christ to you, the word of God will reveal you to you. Amen. The word of God will introduce you to you. When you look into the mirror of the word of God, you will discover who you are. Not just who Christ is. Know who you are. If you want to know whatever your name is, if you want to know who Anthony is, get to the word of God. If you are called Priscilla, if you want to know who Priscilla is, go in the word of God. You will discover who Priscilla is. Amen. If you want to know who Anthony is, read the word of God. So, uh, who are the sons of God? Uh, John 1, 12 to 13, let's read together. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believed in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You were not born of the will of the flesh, whether your parents planned to have you or not, you were not born of the will of the flesh. You were born of the will of God. You came from God. Amen. Hallelujah. Whether you, whether you were an accident in the flesh, whether your mom was raped, in the spirit world, there are no mistakes. In the spirit world, there are no coincidences. You came, your body might have been uh, a result of a mistake, but you are not the body. You are a spirit. Amen. You happen to have this housing, which was born in the circumstances that it was born in. But the real you, the spirit, came from God. In fact, your spirit was not created. It is a part of God put into this flesh. Hallelujah. 
Because God is not created. He cannot create himself. And the Bible says he breathed himself into Adam. He breathed. Amen. Why am I belaboring this? It's because when we get to know who we are, then it will not be difficult for us to experience the uncommon results. The reason why we do not experience uncommon results is because we do not yet know who we are. Hallelujah. Who is man? Who are you? Get to the word of God. You'll discover who you are. Amen. So we have to get into the word of God. Hook by hook or crook. Let's read Romans uh, 8, 14 to 17. Together, go. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. That's the same as saying, Daddy, Daddy. Verse 16. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. The Bible says that as many as are led by the Spirit of God. Are you led by the Spirit of God? Then you are the Son of God. You don't believe that you're led by the Spirit of God? The mere fact that you're here, you're led by the Spirit of God. Because the devil cannot lead you to come to church. <laughs> Amen. You are led by the Spirit. If you are not led by the Spirit of God, you will not be here. So you are led by the Spirit of God. And as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Amen. You receive the Spirit of adoption. 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 God has engrafted you into his family. You are his. You are a child of God. You are not just a child of your parents. No, you are really a child of God. Amen. You are a part of his. You share God's nature in you. Amen. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. No one has to convince you that you're a child of God. You know it because the Spirit of God resides in you. Another point I want to emphasize here is that... Uh, if indeed we suffer with him, we shall also be glorified together with him. Jesus suffered limitation in the flesh. The Bible says that he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. He suffered resistance of sin. We also suffer the same. We suffer limitation that we are in this body. Okay? Your spirit is limitless, but it, it is inhabited by the body, which is limited. So that is a kind of a limitation. But you can surpass Amen? You can surpass the limitation. But we suffer the, like, should I say, the discipline. The Bible says that Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered. The greatest thing that Jesus suffered was the resistance of sin. When we resist sin, it is a kind of suffering. It is not pleasant. The book of Hebrews says that in this present world, uh, disciplining uh, children is not pleasant in this present life. When, you, when Paul said, I beat my body and I make it subject to my spirit, I keep it under that it may be subject to my spirit, that is suffering. If we suffer with him, then we shall also be glorified with him. Amen. Selah. That will be for another day. But think about it. Hallelujah. 
God is good. So, yeah, because we are born of God, we produce divine results. Because you are born of God, you produce divine results. It is possible for you to produce divine results. I told you a story of when I was going to sit for my P7 exams, PLE, and I went to my pastor and I told him, Pastor, I want to pass my exams. He told me, put up your hand, I put up my hand. He, he laid his hands on me and he told me, go and pass your exams. I went and did that paper, those papers, and I got four. A mark that I had never got, an aggregate that I had never got in my whole primary. That's why it's a testimony. <laughs> Someone, someone was wondering, like, duh. What? <laughs> For me, it was a testimony. Amen. Yeah? For me, Anthony, to get a four, it was a testimony. But we can get those uncommon results. Why? We are the children of God. Amen. You can get uncommon results in your office. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, the devil is not going to win this battle. Tell your neighbor the devil is not going to win. So what, what did Jesus declare of himself? Luke 4, 18 to 19. Let's read together. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This is Jesus declaring these words upon himself. He had just been baptized in the river Jordan by John the Baptist, and then driven by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. And after he had hungered 40 days without eating or drinking, and the devil had finished all the temptations, the Bible says. He left him for a season. And then Jesus went straight into the temple, asked for the scroll of the book of Isaiah, opened exactly where these words were written, and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. I can picture Paul when he said, let no man bother me henceforth, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. These are words spoken by somebody who has achieved, some, who has attained, who has graduated to a certain level. Amen. Jesus had just been fasting, had just been tempted of the devil, and he had stood. Amen. He had not failed. He had stood. And now he's coming. The Bible says he came in the power of the Holy Spirit and entered the temple and declared these words. I tell you, the, this previous scripture has just said that if we suffer with him, we shall also be glorified with him. Amen. Don't give in to the enemy. Don't give in to the enemy's lies. Don't give in to the ticklings of the flesh. Last Sunday, we discovered that we are dead to the flesh. We are dead to the world. A corpse cannot laugh. A corpse cannot get annoyed. If the world slaps you, you don't get annoyed. Amen. You don't get annoyed when you are driving in traffic and the world comes and passes you and enters into the, into, the, into, into the queue. You don't bring out that prophetic finger. And, and <laughs> no, you just 
You know? You just usher them. <laughs> Amen. We are dead to the world. We can't get annoyed. At the same time, we cannot laugh. The world tickles you. You shouldn't laugh. You are dead to the world. Jesus had just overcome. Amen. He kept telling the devil, it is written, it is written, it is written. And then when he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he came and declared these words, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. After declaring these words, he went and sat down in the chair that was believed by many scholars of the Bible, that that chair had been reserved for the Messiah. For some reason, they were waiting for him, and they had even put for him a chair in the temple. Jesus, no one would sit in that chair. Jesus went and sat in that chair. And the Bible says that all eyes were fastened on him. And then while seated, he said, today, those words have been fulfilled in your eyes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus was full of the Holy Ghost. And that is why he had uncommon results. You are full of the Holy Spirit. Or should I say, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, begin to build the desire. At the end of this service, I'm going to invite you and you will be filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking with new tongues. In Jesus' name. Because, <laughs> amen, you can clap for it. Because without being filled with the Holy Spirit, we cannot achieve uncommon results. We shall just be a sweet Christian, very nice person. Agenda Mogolo, say yeah. And you will make it to heaven, by the way. Good news. That's the gospel. You, will make, you can make it to heaven without being filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because the only qualification to get to heaven is trusting in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Confessing salvation. Amen. But who wants to be on his way to heaven while living in hell on earth? Not me. The way to have victory on earth is to be filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. If Jesus needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And like I said, if you want it, you can begin to desire it, because it starts with a desire, and then you receive. First John 3, 8, let's read together, part B. For this purpose, are we together? Let's read together. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. That is the only reason Jesus came on earth, that he may destroy the works of the devil. The reason why you are uh, born again and filled with the Holy Spirit is that you may destroy the works of the devil in your life. As Jesus is, so are we in this world. The manifesto of Jesus is a clear picture of the uncommon results we should produce as sons of God. Preaching the gospel, healing the brokenhearted, proclaiming liberty to the captives, destroying the works of the devil everywhere we are. Those are the uncommon results. Hallelujah. I'm reminded of a guy called Hudson Taylor. He was a missionary to China, born in the late 1800s. And when he was sailing on the ship to China for the first time as a young man, he was walking around on the deck of the ship and he noticed the captain was distressed. And he spoke the words of Joseph. Joseph, when he was in the prison in Egypt, asked his fellow prisoners, why are you sad? 
a fellow prisoner asking other prisoners, why are you sad? Uncommon results. <laughs> Woo! That's, that, that, that speaks volumes, that this guy was not sad. The prisoner, Joseph, was not sad. You can be in the same circumstances with the people around you, and you're not like them. Amen. You can be in the same company, employed on the same job, but you're not affected by the job the way the job is affecting other people. In a time, but to Galao, 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 but Nangi, but to Galao. I've ever worked in UTL, so that's why I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You can ask your fellow prisoners, why are you sad? <laughs> Amen. Hudson Taylor asked this uh, captain, why are you sad? Why are you distressed? And the captain looked at him and he told him, you know, I'm battling underlying currents in the water. The currents are so strong and so swift, they are pushing our ship to those reefs over there. And once we get there, we are going to crash. And actually, they were getting closer and closer to the island where they were going to crash. And they could see the cannibalism, the cannibalistic tribe on that island, excited, waiting for them in anticipation. It is written, historical record, that they, were, they had even begun lighting fires. You know, and it was supposed to be a distressing moment. And the captain told him, we have done everything we can. And Hudson interrupted him and told him, no, except one thing. He said, we are four Christians on this ship. Give us a few minutes. He gathered, he gathered his, his three friends. He told them, let everyone go to his own cabin and pray for five minutes. Call upon the God of heaven and earth and tell him to send a wind to blow us from this island that we're about to crash on. They all went, each one of them, in their cabin and they prayed. Five minutes later, he came out like the servants of Elijah. He told them <laughs> that there's a wind coming pull down the sail. There's a wind coming. Pull down the main sail. And this guy who was a non-believer, didn't fear God, neither had any regard for God, he told him, what are you talking about? He rubbished him. He said, that is... So while he was still rubbishing what Hudson Taylor had said, the sail began to vibrate a little. A little wind blew over the sail. And said, ah, that is just rubbish. That is nothing. That is like, he called it like the paw of a cat. So soft. <laughs> Hudson, filled with the Holy Spirit, shouted back at him and said, it doesn't matter what it is. I said, pull down the sail now. Because the ship was just about to crash. And I don't know what happened to the captain. He obeyed. <laughs> and they pulled down the sail. The moment the sail came down like this, boah the breeze came and pulled that ship away. Before you clap, you picture those cannibalistic tribes, just their meal going away. <laughs> Uncommon results, the power of prayer. The power of prayer. Four boys went each one into their cup. I don't know why they didn't hold hands. Maybe they didn't want to cause a scene on the ship. They said, let each one of us go and pray privately. Five minutes and come back. And they received. And this scripture 
First John chapter 14, the one we read uh, the previous slide, was engraved in his life. Let's go back and read it. First John chapter 14. Uh, no, that is not First John chapter 14. Sorry. Uh, it is the next. It, it is the next one. That one. Are we there? Yes. Let, let's let's read to, together. Verse 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do. And greater works than these, he will do. Because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, verse 13. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That scripture was so engraved in the life of Hudson Taylor. He said, whatever I ask, my father will do it. That his name may be glorified. Amen. Whatever you ask, whatever you ask, whatever you ask, people in the balcony, whatever you ask, whatever you ask, that word whatever in the Greek means whatever. Whatever you ask, Amen. Whatever you ask in the name of Jesus, it will be done for you. But James says you don't receive because you ask not. And you ask amiss that you may spend it on your selfish gains. Therefore, when we ask, we must ask according to the word of God. That is how we shouldn't ask amiss. That is how to avoid asking amiss. But as long as you are in the word of God, whatever you ask, it shall be done. Amen. One of the ways for us to get to know that we are in the will of God, or that we, yeah, that, that, that we are in the will of God, is if, should I say, let me rephrase it. One of the ways to be led of the spirit, eh? How, does, how do I know? How do I know? How do I know God wants me to go here or go here? The Bible actually gives you the liberty to do what you want. Did you know that? That sounds like a new wrinkle in someone's brain. The Bible gives you liberty to do what you want. As long, if only the word of God can be sure, if only God can be sure that you are in the word of God. Because Psalm 37 verse 4 says that, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll do what? He will give you the desires of your heart. So when you delight yourself in the word of God, you're seeking God, he gives you what to desire. And then he brings it to pass. He gives you what to desire. Amen. So when we are in the word of God, seeking God actively, we can trust our desires. But if you're not actively seeking God, you're not in the word of God, you're not praying, then you shouldn't trust your desires. They might be just carnal desires. So as long as we are in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, you can trust that today, I just feel like going to the market. Today I just feel like buying three chicken instead of one. And then that day is when your MC comes to your house. <laughs> oh, that day is when you get visitors 
from your uncle. Somehow, I'm talking about things that can happen in our day-to-day life, that the Holy Spirit can actually guide you. You can trust your desires and say, today I don't feel like passing that route. And then you discover there was an accident on that route and there was a very long jam. Are we together? Let's read Mark chapter 16, verse 17 to 18. Together. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Question, are we doing these things? These signs follow us because of who we are. The Bible says that these signs follow those who believe. Let me read it again. And these signs, verse 17, and these signs will follow those who believe. Did he say that the believers shall follow these signs? Today, believers are following the signs. Fellowship, which prophet told? Believers should not follow the signs. The signs should follow you, the believer. Amen. You serve the same God. Call upon the name of the Lord in the hour of prayer and see if he will not answer. He said, call upon me and see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven. Call upon the name of the Lord. You have the stuff in you. Child of God, you have the stuff in you. You have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, resident on the inside of you. That Jesus in you is is asleep. Wake him up. Wake him up in the hour of prayer. Amen. Wake up in the the early hours of the morning and begin to call upon the name of the Lord. Because he who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Wake up at 4 a.m. and call upon the name of the Lord. Wake up at 5 a.m. and analyze the scriptures before you analyze the news. Wake up at 4.30 and respond to the call to prayer before you respond to the WhatsApp messages. You have the stuff in you. Amen. All it takes is you to take action. These signs shall follow those who believe. Do you believe? That is it. Then the signs should follow you. God is eager to make these signs follow you. Why? Because God wants to back up his word. When you open your mouth to speak his word that Jesus is a healer, he is very eager to back that statement up with results. So don't hesitate to lay your hand on that office mate at work. Just do it. Amen. Just do it. The results are not yours, they are for Jesus. Amen. Just do it. One time I, po- I posted on Facebook and said that if you want to see results, put God to the test. And someone replied and said, but how? And this is how you do it. Just do it. Put God to the test. Put God, in fact, I use the word risk. Put God at risk. And someone's asking, how do you put God at risk? Okay, this is how you put God at risk. You gather everyone around and you tell them, this sister in our office has a headache. Are you all hearing me? It's lunch. Make sure it is a lunch break. No time. Okay? (laughs) This sister has a headache. 
Are you all hearing me? Yes. I'm going to lay my hands, my believing hands on her. Are you all hearing me? I'm a believer in Jesus. So, and they all say yes. Then you lay your hand on the sister. That's how you put God at risk. Amen. And in your heart as you're praying, you're telling God, if it doesn't work, go swallow, not me. <laughs> That's how we put God at risk. I'm telling you the lame shall walk before, you, before your eyes. The blind eyes shall pop open. God is so eager to back you up when you speak his word. Make sure you are exalting Jesus. Tell them Jesus is able to heal this lame person. Jesus is able to heal this blind person. Jesus is able to heal this deaf person. Make sure you're exalting Jesus and then tell them, let us see if this Jesus thing works. Because the word of God either works or it doesn't work. And God will always back you up with results. These signs shall follow those who believe. If you believe, that is the only qualification. Just believe. Jesus would always ask them, do you believe? Do you believe that your bank account can go from red to blue? Do you believe that those court cases can be dropped off your life? Do you believe that your child can get saved? Do you believe that, let me tell you, at one time, all of us children at home who were born again, except our two parents, father and mother, they were the only two non-believers in the house. And our pastor told us, now little children, when you go back home, aren't you the one who served them food? Yes? Yes. Before serving them food, you pray over that food and say, be born again as you eat this food. Be convicted of the, whole, <laughs> of the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray over the food that go, as they eat that food, as they take that tea, they will be drinking conviction to be born again. And we did just that as innocent children. They didn't get saved, except on their deathbed. When my father was so sick on his deathbed, he told my brother, call the pastors to pray for me. I said, uh-huh, our prayers are working. That's a miracle. <laughs> the guy got saved and then he died. These signs shall follow those who believe. We believed as children and we prayed our parents into salvation. Hallelujah. Amen. To this day, I practice these things myself. I'm not just telling you stories of long ago. When I'm driving my children to school, we speak in tongues. Oh. Amen. As I'm driving, whose turn is it today to pray? Josiah, okay, after speaking in tongues, you're going to say the general prayer. Afterwards, she says, says the general prayer, and we all say amen to the glory of God. And they share scripture, memory verse. Everyone shares a memory verse. This is how we achieve uncommon results. How do we achieve uncommon results? We avoid doctor's bills like a problem. <laughs> amen. We don't get sick at home. Even when we get sick, those are very few times compared to many of us here. <laughs> Hallelujah. This sign shall follow those who believe. So because we are born of God, we produce divine results. We produce divine results. Hallelujah. And so church, I just feel that the Holy Spirit has already made the point. Get into the word of God. 
Get into the word of God. Get into prayer. Get into, you know, the, the whole thing, somebody might be here and you might feel like, now, for me, really, Msumba, how do I get those uncommon things you're talking about? The secret is one, intimacy. Because when we are intimate with God, we shall receive the results of God. Amen. Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus called his disciples that they might first of all be with him. Intimacy. And when they were with him, then he was able to send them out. The Holy Communion servers are going to begin serving. When they were with him, then they were able to do the things that he was doing. But are you intimate with God? Are you intimate? You know, intimacy, you know, I, I, I used to tell people that God has no favorites, but he has intimates. Seller. Pause and think. God has no favorites, but he has intimates. Like God does not favor anyone. The Bible says that the, the God is no respecter of men. That statement, no respect of men, means that he does not favor anyone. But he has intimates. Why? Because the intimacy is not a function of God. It is a function of the one who wants to be intimate with him. Amen. Being intimate with God is not a function of him. It is a function of me. I'm the one who chooses to be or not to be intimate with God. Amen. And so... When we are intimate with God, then we can receive, we, we can actually do the things that God does. If you want to do the things that Jesus did, then you need to do the things that Jesus did. What do I mean? If you want to have the results that Jesus had, then you have to do the things that Jesus did to get those results. And that is that he would go into the mountain to pray in the night. Sometimes he would stay there the whole night. Like he allowed God to interrupt him anytime. In fact, you should be telling God, I have no agenda. You have the permission to interrupt me anytime. Are we together? Because when, 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 when God has the permission to interrupt you anytime, then it ceases to be an interruption. You are never interrupted. Selah. Amen. <laughs> You are never interrupted because you expected it after all. So the way, the secret for us to achieve these uncommon results is when we are intimate with God, get into the scriptures, study the word of God, become a student of the word of God, become a man of prayer like Hudson Taylor, become a person that is just one with the Holy Spirit. Become a friend of the Holy Spirit. Let us not just read about God's generals. Let us be also generals of God. Amen. Hallelujah. But I recommend that book, God's Generals. There are interesting characters there. There was a lady called Amy Simple McPherson. This lady was weird like all ladies who are on fire for God. She was weird. She would go into the street, walking down, down, down the street, and then she would time where there are many people, and then she would pose like this and stare in the sky, like for five long minutes, just staring until everyone gathers around her, trying to figure out what is she staring about. 
and she just looks intently into the sky, intently like there's something, and everyone gathers around trying to find out what is she looking at? What is she looking for? And then she gets up at once and runs <laughs> down the street, and everyone gets scared and follows her <laughs> like something is about to fall on them. And she runs straight into the church and then says, we are going to have church here. <laughs> All of them get into the church and she begins to preach to them. Weird stuff. Innovation. <laughs> Uncommon results. <laughs> yeah? She was a seasoned evangelist. Amen. Maria Woodward Etta. This was a woman of faith. Maria Woodward Etta would be preaching a fire, a fire sermon like mine, and then she gets in the middle of the sermon, and just as she's walking, she just pauses like this and just switches off for like a whole day, 24 hours. She's just there like this, like she's dead. Then she wakes up and tells him, I've been in heaven. Uncommon results. <laughs> Woo. Let's not just read about God's generals. You can be a general of God. Amen. Smith Wigglesworth, the, the apostle of faith, he was known for breathing life into dead bodies. They brought him a dead body and, and, and he got up, he was annoyed. He would perform annoyed miracles. I don't mind telling you these stories as the communion instruments go around. He got a dead body one time and put it against the wall. He pushed it and said, live in the name of Jesus push it against the wall, and the body just fell down again. He went and got it up, pushed against the wall, and said, live in the name of Jesus. And the body just <laughs> fell down. And everyone was wondering, what's wrong with this guy? He got it up again, pushed against the wall, and said, live in the name of Jesus. Around the fourth time, he got up, pushed the guy against the wall, live in the name of Jesus. And the guy woke up from his deadness. <laughs> Uncommon results. He was convinced of what he knew inside. They brought him a woman who was virtually dead on a wheelchair, not wheelchair, a stretcher, dead with the, with the tubes of uh, yeah? what are the cannulas and what, and, and you asked them, what's up, what's up? That was his accent. What's up, meaning what's up? So they told him, sir, this woman uh, has cancer, she's dying, we have done everything we can, and then we cannot help her. The tummy was swollen. The only thing swollen on her body was the tummy. Everything else was born, not even skin, just born. She was just there. He swung a fist and punched that swollen tummy. <laughs> and the woman's hands fell like this. Oh! The nurses who had come and the relatives, we are going to sue you. You've killed her. He ignored them, went on with the prayer line. A few minutes down, <laughs> down the line, the woman comes behind him, praising God, shouting and saying, I'm healed, I'm healed. And he still ignored her. <laughs> went on praying for other people. He was convinced of who he has believed. Uncommon results. Amen. 
I'm telling you, you have that stuff in you. Just be intimate with God. You see, let me tell you guys, when you are intimate with God in the place of the word of God, in the place of prayer, these will not even be uncommon results. They will be uncommon to the non-believers and the people who are not intimate with God. But for you, it will be common stuff. For you, it will be everyday stuff. That's why in the book of Acts, it is saying, count it not a thing that the dead should raise up. Count it not a thing. Amen. James, uh, uh, Peter, and John said, why are you looking at us as if we are the ones who have healed this crippled man? That Jesus whom we preach have, has healed him. Uncommon results. These guys knew what they had. They told this guy, silver and gold we left at home, but what we have, we give to you. In the name of Jesus, raise up and walk. The addition is mine. Silver and gold we have none, they said. But they knew what they had. They had the stuff. Does everyone have the communion instruments? Intimacy with Jesus will give you these uncommon results. The only thing is that the devil has a strategy which you don't know. And that strategy is to make you busy. You are too busy. Too busy for God. But Martin Luther is a friend of mine because he mentioned a statement which I love so much. He said, because, I'm, because my life is getting busier, I need to spend more time in prayer. That's my friend. That's my kind of guy. Because my schedule is becoming busier and busier, I'm going to spend more and more time in prayer. He utilized the, the, the time of the night and he got uncommon results. So let us get intimate. Let us stand up. Let us get intimate with God. That is the key, guys. It doesn't matter whether you're struggling right now, you will get there. Amen. amen. You will get there. Yeah. Say amen. Say, I will get there. I will get there. I will get there. Because in my spirit, I'm already there. Amen. We have the stuff in us. You have the juice in you. Just release it. Put God to the risk. And he will work. Father, we thank you for the instruments of communion. We thank you, Lord, because there was a divine exchange. When you took our weaknesses, you made us strong. When you took our sickness, you made us healthy. When you took our sin, you made us the righteousness of God itself. Ooh, hallelujah. We don't just have righteousness. We are the righteousness of God in our spirits. And that truth can permeate our souls and affect our bodies. And we actually act righteous in every way. We can actually act like those who can heal diseases. We can actually act like those who are wealthy and blessed. We can actually act like who we are in the spirit. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for the body. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you because when we take the communion, we identify ourselves with you. Therefore, sickness flees from our bodies. Poverty and lack flees from our body, from, 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 from our minds. And all the limitations of, the, of this life, they flee from us because we identify ourselves with who we are in Christ Jesus. You may take the body and the blood of Jesus. Of a new generation.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555. 